This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Whenever you know, culture of honor is about thirty messages long, so when somebody says, "Would you preach on the culture of honor?" I'm like, "Sure," that, which means I could do whatever I want, right? That's basically what you just said. Um, that is, uh, it, it is, it is a lot. It's culture, you know. It's it's how we shape our lives consistently with the value system of heaven. And that just takes time. It takes time, and it, it's, it, my role at Bethel was really to, uh, to, to help put into words some of the things that um, we didn't even know we were doing. Like, you know, nobody in here got up this morning, probably, maybe this could be not true, but you know, nobody got up this morning and said, I'm going to speak English all day today. <laughs> you know, because why? Because we don't even think about it. Why? Because it's cultural. See, our children do it. When our children do it, it's culture. Otherwise, we just read a book and we're doing something new and we won't be later. But culture makes it to our children. And so when we talk about culture of honor, when we talk about um, the culture of heaven, we, you know, we talk about a culture of worship, we talk about a culture of power, any of these things, we're really, we're, we're really looking at our children. Are, are they able to imitate the adults? Or are the adults just talk, trying to convince themselves that they're, they're doing something? And so it, it takes time to build culture. It takes time, the momentum of consistency and agreement and practice. So it's why division is so costly. Division is so costly because it, it chops up our momentum, which works against our culture. And so we have to start over, we have to start over, we have to start over. Uh, it's, it's why divorce is so costly. It's why uh, uh, parents and children dishonoring one another is so costly, is because it interrupts the momentum of culture. So this, this talk, you know, this, this message about culture really is a, a lifetime, you know, of um, understanding something. And so I'm going to start in the very beginning of it tonight. Uh, before I get rolling too hard here, I, I would like to uh, just be sure that every one of you have the opportunity to download this free app, all right? I mean, I haven't been here ever. I don't know when. I'll be back. We'll see how, we'll see how tonight goes. And, um, but a, a big chunk of what I do is this, this idea of keeping your love on, uh, this idea of sewing into relationships. And so I'll be, I'll be meeting with the students in the next couple of days, and so we'll be talking about a bunch of this stuff. Uh, but my, the role I play in, in this, this thing called Bethel is the you and I part. You know, there's so much of the apostolic and the prophetic that is pulling heaven to the earth, but there is then the 
oh no, what am I going to do with you? Oh, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, I hate my spouse. Oh, worship was so amazing, but I hope you don't come back. You're like, whoa, that lady's head grew back on. That was amazing. And I'm going to kill that guy in traffic. You're like, what is going on here? And so the apostolic and prophetic is so vital, and it's, it's, you know, it's fun. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. And then... We have to deal with people. And that's always the tough part, right? And so we focus on relationships, family, and leadership cultures. And in, and in doing so, this app has a ton of free stuff. So if you like to read, there's your blogs. You know, if, you like to, if you like to watch, there's your video stuff, YouTube stuff. If you like to listen, there's your podcast stuff. And then uh, if you want to become a student of these things and or reinforce learning, there's the Life Academy. And I'm going to skip the video and I'm just going to go into the... uh, There's a little graphic for you. There you go. Um, It it is an online school. In essence, it's uh, courses that are 20-minute videos with a study guide, but they're eight in a series. And there's about 10 series up there right now. So it's like 80 different sessions about relationships, family, or leadership cultures. So it's available to check it out, Loving on Purpose, L-O-P, Life Academy, or you can just get it at lovingonpurpose.com, either way. But this is what we're going to do tonight. Um, you guys can't see that, can you? Can you, can you, you have x-ray vision? You can read it backwards? you reading it backwards? I'm so sorry. If I'd have brought a mirror, <laughs> we could just... Uh, because there's going to be a bunch of stuff on there. You guys don't sure you don't want to sit out there? There's room. Are they in trouble? In trouble? Go to your spot. Go to your spot. Yeah, there's a, there's like, yeah, yeah. There's we have, a, we have new condos we built in the neighborhood right here in the front. It's like reserve seating or something. Right there, just for you. See, and the last shall be first. There you have it. And, the, and, the, and the, you're no longer the tail, you're the head, and all those other things. I want to talk about honor among us. Really, uh, this idea of honor is, uh, it's commonly misunderstood. A lot of folks ask me to come, would you come and teach our church a culture of honor? Because uh, I would love for my people to honor me. Yeah. I would like people to honor, my people to honor me the way I see Bethel's people honor Bill. That's what I'd really like. If I could get in on some of that right there. Now that, if you could teach people to do that, I'll pay you. And the issue really is that if you think honor is something you get, you don't understand honor. That's really all I came to say. Yeah, yeah if, 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 if you think that 
a culture of honor or even the topic of honor is something that you get, then you really don't understand heaven very well. And so here we go. All of a sudden, a culture of honor is... I thought a culture of honor was really about you know working my way up the ladder to get enough significance and power so that I could conduct my will on earth as it should be in heaven. See, my books do not sell very well in Africa or South America. They're struggling in Asia. Because hierarchical thinking is embedded in poverty mentality, in an orphan heart. When you have an orphan spirit conducting the government of whatever it is, I don't care if it's a mega church in downtown Miami. If the leadership is carrying an orphan spirit, you will not have a culture of honor. Because in that instance, power is all about what I can get. How can I orchestrate these relationships so that I can get something? And so honor is, is so many, there's so many definitions or, or synonyms with honor. Our, you know, our our core values, our, our personal code. Uh, a lot of people think that being nice is honor. You know, being polite. Well, thank you. Well, please. Oh, no, after you. No, I honor you. I honor you. <laughs> we think that um, being respectful is, you know, honoring. It, 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 that's probably the closest one that I would you know, say it's kind of a little confusing to separate it off, but we'll get back to that. Uh, another favorite, especially in the church, or especially where we have a recognized hierarchy, is submission. I have all the power. You have no power. Honor me. And we call that submission. Uh, submission like that, really, it doesn't belong in the kingdom of heaven. It belongs in a UFC fight, but it doesn't belong anywhere else. For I have all the power, you have no power. Submit to me, or I will snap your knee. And so it becomes confusing when we just pluck these synonyms out of the air and we stick them into the word honor because a lot of us, our brain just automatically goes to 
the experience with some of these words. So I want to peel it off tonight. I want to bring honor over here all by itself. And I want to talk to you about really what I'm getting at or what what it is that's happening in the culture of heaven on the earth, all over the earth. And it doesn't matter if it's American culture or Swiss culture or Japanese culture or South African culture. It doesn't matter because we're here to bring heaven to earth, not amplify our nation through the Bible. And so people are, they get kind of like, well, you know, we're very Irish here. Ireland is a proud nation. Uh, yeah, so what? Pick a nation. Pick, I'd like to pick a nation that's not proud. I mean, maybe somebody talks bad about it after they leave, but while they're there, well, that's just how we are. We're very Swedish. This is just the Swedish culture. Like, well, get over it. Get through it. Bust on through. Don't limit yourself to earth. So when we talk about heaven coming through, we're really looking at the life of Jesus over and over and over and over. We're looking at the Bible. We're not looking at the church. Because when you, when you take the church culture in any nation, it's... It's, it's very local. It's, we've, we've taken our native culture and we've Bibleized it. And that is not at all what we're doing. We're very much, we are, we're not reading the Bible until we find ourselves. We're reading the Bible so that we will adjust to Jesus. And we keep reading until we adjust. But we often end up adjusting the Bible to ourselves. Like, oh, there I am. <sighs> okay, good. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Like, no, 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 if I didn't adjust after prayer, then I was just whining at God, right? If I don't adjust through reading the Bible, then I just went looking for myself. So when we talk about honor, we really have to ask ourselves, well, who are we supposed to honor according to Scripture? Well, it's a pretty big deal, right? Honor Jesus. I didn't even put a verse up there. I just thought I could get away with that one. I just honor Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's just honor Jesus. Honor the king. Honor those who are in authority. Honor those God has authorized to rule. We love that one, actually. Especially if we are in authority. Honor me. Honor me. Honor your mother and father. Jesus said this is the first promise that comes, or the first commandment that comes with a promise, you know, that you would live. Along in the land that the Lord your God has given to you. Honor your wives. Yeah, I put the verse up there. I did, I do. I put that up there. I know it's not I was supposed to honor the husband. Nope, right there. Look it up. <laughs> Husbands, honor your wives. Live with them in an understanding way. Realizing that they are co-heirs with you, not sub-heirs. Co-heirs with you. 
Not a big deal, though, because if you don't do it or you don't get this, guys, all that happens is God doesn't listen to your prayers. That's all that happens. (laughs) Honor widows and orphans. Honor people who cannot punish you if you don't honor them. Honor people who have no political, economic, or social power. But the one that always gets me is this last one here. Honor all people. Honor all people? Well, who's that leave out? (laughs) It can't mean honor dishonorable people. Can't mean that. Can't mean honor people who are wrong. So much about being a Christian is about being right. Well, Brother Dunn, it really depends on what the Greek word all there means. (laughs) Guess what the Greek word all there means? Dang, yes. (laughs) It means all. Honor all people. Now, most of us approach honor as though it's something that people earn. I honor people who earn it. I honor people who really impress me. I honor people that remind me of someone that I actually value and honor. Me. (laughs) I actually look for me in other people. And when I see it, I'm all over it, man. I'm all over it. (laughs) To really honor a person like you. You know why? Because you remind me of me. I mean, if we can get over the part that he has passed away, if Billy Graham came in this room, okay, let's just say he was still alive, if Billy Graham, Billy seems to be a pretty universal, approved of Christian, you know? If Billy Graham walked in the room, he would go, ho, 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 Billy. Reinhard Bonnke. If Reinhard Bonnke walked in the room, we'd be like, whoa, whoa, Reinhard Bonnke, you are amazing, whoa. Right? And we would say that we are honoring him. When in fact, what we're doing is we're saying, Right, Harpong, you remind me of somebody. You remind me of somebody I really, really admire. Me. (laughs) Except you did me better than I'm doing me. Way to go. Way to go. You are what I would be like if I were bigger. I love all the me I see in you. And then we call that honor. So let's take, let's take it a different direction for just a minute. Um, let's say I want you to think of somebody who won a national election that you did not vote for (laughs) in the last 10 years, okay? 
Think of somebody who won a national election that you did not vote for, okay? You got them? You got them? Okay, okay. Now, when you hear their name, when you see their face, when you hear their voice, you think to yourself, I honor those who are in authority over me. Thank you for taking so much responsibility upon yourself. Thank you for your sacrifice. No? No? That's weird. These people are Christians? Yeah. Oh, wow. I wonder why that is. Here's why. Because when you hear their name, when you see their face, when you hear their voice, you think to yourself, there is so none of me in you. What would I honor? I only honor myself in others. And now we are separating off natural from supernatural. This is up there with, you've heard it said, to love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love those you know would willfully harm you. Love your enemy. See, here we go. Honor all people and love your enemies are the same standard of the culture of heaven. And all of a sudden, the recalibration starts happening. Oh, my gosh, what do I have to adjust here to honor all people? (laughs) Not just the ones that remind me of me. See, classically, we live in the new covenant with an old covenant context. And the old covenant was basically, if you obey and conform to the same rules I do, I value you. But if you break my precious rules, or you disagree with me, I have permission to dishonor you. I give myself permission to dishonor certain people. Some of those people we are married to. Some of those people we gave birth to. I haven't even got to the neighborhood yet. We're still in the house. And I have given myself permission to dishonor certain people. I mean, I'll just start with God's house. I'll just start with the church. In the church, we have given ourselves permission to dishonor our children. Because we know so much more than them. We've given ourselves permission to dishonor our women and hold them in bondage for 2,000 years. 
disempower them as second class. You'll never be as powerful as a man. Too bad you were born female. Take it up with Jesus. We give ourselves permission to dishonor people who make mistakes. Let me be more specific. People who get caught. People who get caught, we give ourselves permission to dishonor them. So, nobody wants to get caught. And so everyone is trapped in this hypocrisy of knowing that I have a porn problem and I'm preaching in the morning. See, dishonor is this, is this culprit that, that hides itself in our character. And a culture of honor is actually the remedy to giving a spirit of fear a place to govern in the body of Christ. Nobody wants to be dishonored. Nobody wants to be disempowered. Nobody, nobody wants to be invalidated. But we give ourselves permission when I don't find me in you. Husband and wife. Husband and wife. Let's we have a disagreement. Let's disagree. We disagree like crazy. One of us, one of us is crazy. <laughs> crazy. Not worth listening to. I wonder which one it is. Oh, it's you. You, wow, that was way easier than I thought it was going to be. And now I treat you as invalid because of a disagreement. I dishonor you. You don't get to be powerful. You don't get to be valuable. And so the old covenant culture is really at work on the earth in every culture. Easy to find. It's, it's not so easy to get rid of. And it flows, it really flows from how we see the greatest authority, God. But whether his name is Jesus or something else or nothing, our God concept is what shapes how we demonstrate authority, how we demonstrate love, how we demonstrate honor. I'm just justifying it by how I see God. 
So years ago, uh, USA Today did a national survey of the U.S. and said, you know, how do you see God? They you know, had thousands of people respond. So they had a, you know, pretty good information. Pretty good, you know, analytical data. And they, they came up with this, this idea that, uh, you know, God is either authoritative, he has all the power, you have no power, or he's, uh, he's just not paying attention, he's just not around, he's, you know, working on other universes or something, not sure what he's doing, but he's, he's distant. Or he's there, but boy, is he catching everything you're doing wrong. If you do the math real quick, Americans have a God concept that suggests that God is an anxiety-producing relationship amongst 75% of Americans. 25% say God is good. Out in the world, with 75% of Americans, and this is actually, I think, easy to globalize, how they come up with God is a scary God. God uses his power to punish and oppress. Well, that was the gospel for a very long time. It is people's experience with earthly authority. I'm the yellow truck, you're the red truck. <laughs> I worked hard for all the power that I have. I'm not about to give it up to you. I will fight you to the death. I remember the day I got respect from my father was the day we were fighting in the driveway when I was a teenager. That's right, yellow truck meets yellow truck. That's how we're going to do this. See, a lot of people for a very long time have set God up to be a yellow truck. And then we justify parenting this way and dishonoring our children. We set up our marriages, our, our marriages in any religion has the male as the yellow truck. Why? Because he generally could beat up the woman. You can have some respect with the day you can come over here and take it away from me. Nobody likes to hear this. I know we're so civilized now. But we're not, really. You ever watch Christians on Facebook? It's one of the most humiliating experiences you can have. Is to watch people give themselves permission to be dishonoring to other humans. See, some people think, well, Facebook's just ruining society. No, no. Facebook is exposing our character. That's what it's doing. Instagram, social media, whatever you want to call it. 
A lot of people think that, you know, rules, the obeying a bunch of rules shows my character. You know, I can, I'm not doing this, and I'm doing this every time, and I'm just full of character because I do and don't the right thing. Like, you know, anybody can obey rules if they're going to be punished for disobeying rules. And obeying rules doesn't put your character, your good character on display, or the place with the most rules would have the people with the greatest character, like prison. (laughs) It's not rules that exposes your character, it's freedom. Freedom is what exposes your character, which is why we're so afraid of it. We're so afraid of freedom because so many people mess it up. And instead of just dealing with the failures and shepherding people through those failures to learn and grow and learn how to handle their freedom, we take their freedom away and put them in another size cage. And we dishonor them. We disempower them. We take your power away. We pray your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh no, don't do that. We can't handle that. Here's what we'll do. We'll set up this thing called the church. We'll have a few powerful people, and everyone else has to check their spirit of power at the door. Uh, We're afraid of powerful children, we're afraid of powerful women, and we're afraid of powerful people who mess things up. So we'll take power away from all of them, limit them to what we can lead. This is not what I thought culture of honor was going to be about. The problem is this works. It works really great. You can get stuff done. Yellow truck, red truck. You can get it done all day. You can get the dishes done. You can win a championship. You can, you can win a battle. You can, you can create a gross margin. You, you can do all kinds of stuff. This works really well. The, the only problem is it's not the kingdom of heaven. So it works really well. All it costs you is heaven. See, because there is no fear in love. How much? None? Pfft, none? No? I wonder what the Greek word no there means. Perfect, mature love casts out fear. Fear has to do with punishment or torment or yellow truck. 
The one who fears is not maturing, is not made perfect in love. So we can see the goal is to move away from governing with fear towards love and freedom. So if we're going to bring a culture of heaven, it stops looking like earth. It looks very different. See, when everything we're doing looks like everybody else, we're doing something wrong. Well, my daddy and his daddy and his daddy and his daddy. Well, stop it. If, if we're practicing and preserving a, a spirit of fear, stop it. Don't, don't find ways to justify it. Grow. Grow as a parent. Grow as a spouse. Grow as a leader. Grow as a person. But figure out what to do with yourself in the context of love and honor. Don't justify your tutelage by fear. So when we talk about honor, let me just define a few of these these terms. One of them, and these are are not even like Greek or Hebrew. These are English definitions. (laughs) Anybody notice that Tiger won the Masters? Welcome back, huh, Tiger? Woohoo! Tiger Woods. Wow, what a golfer, huh? I mean, he, uh, he took a detour. He, uh, you know, he had a hard time there for a little while. Remember when he blew himself up? You know, he just kind of like, uh, one day... Decided to put a grenade in his mouth and pull the pin on TV. Prior to that, everywhere you see Tiger, you see Nike. You know, I mean, Tiger and Nike, Nike and Tiger everywhere, you know. I mean, he's got to check on his hat, check on his shirt, check on his shoes, check on his golf clubs, check in his bank account, checks everywhere. (laughs) Tiger and Nike. Nike and Tiger. They are glorying in and promoting each other. They have this honoring relationship. If you see me, you see them. We're together. We honor each other. And then Tiger just goes, kaboom! And then the next day, kabam! And the next day, and somewhere around here, AT&T and Gatorade come out and say, excuse us, excuse us, we need to make an announcement. We are no longer glorying in or promoting Tiger. He is unbecoming to a corporation such as us. And Tiger's response to that was, He just finally just, I think he just ran out of evil stuff to do. 
And all of a sudden, the cloud begins to clear. (laughs) And there's Tiger with a check on his hat, check on his shirt, check on his shoe, check on his bank account. See, Nike understands something about kingdom honor. And it's this. You don't even know if you have honor in your character until there's a problem. See, it's, it's the failure. It's the disagreement. It's the betrayal that exposes honor. Some people think, you know, la, 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 we're skipping down the road, la, 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 sharing a lollipop, la, 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 we honor each other, we honor each other. No, no, no. That's not honor. That is poor hygiene. And it's something anybody can do. Anybody can get along with people who like them. Jesus gathers his disciples and he says, hey guys, um, in just a couple hours, you're all going to deny that you ever knew me. In just a couple hours. Points at his watch. (laughs) You could think if you had that kind of prophetic word, you know, like in a couple hours, like you could just go in the bathroom and try to get high, high, high score on your game or something. You know, like, I'll just stay in here for a couple hours. Peter. Aren't you glad they left Peter in the Bible? This makes you feel better about yourself half the time, doesn't it? You know, you're just like, wow, I've never done that. I've never done that. Peter, you know, I, I like to see him standing on a chair or something. Lord, I can't even believe you would suggest such a horrible thing. I would never deny that I knew you, ever. I'd rather die. And you can just see Jesus looking at him going, dude, you're going to be famous for yours. And then he says, now come and let us take communion together. What? You are surrounded by deniers and you want to take this relationship deeper? Who who does that? Jesus. See, we don't even know that we have honor in our relationships or in our character until there's a problem. It also means that we would elevate the status of another one. It means, literally, it means to take the, I have all the power, you have no power, out. Not so much anymore... But uh, we used to just write 
worship songs that were just scripture. And we used to sing a song, a, a, some verses right out of Revelation. We say, we give you glory, honor, and power. We, think about this. You ever think about these words that we sing? We give you glory, honor, and power. That's like, I give, hey, Warren Buffett, come here. I got some money for you. Like, well, what, what, where, where did I get glory, honor, and power that would mean anything to him? I got it when he honored me. And he elevated my status in the relationship. He says to his disciples, he says, No longer do I call you slaves. He could have said, I call you sons. Who's your daddy? (laughs) But he didn't. He didn't. He said, I call you what? Friends. Friends. Well, who's the boss of a friendship? Because we've got to have a boss. The buck's got to stop somewhere here. Who's the boss of this friendship? This is so confusing. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Who's the boss of the Trinity? Well, the Father. The Father. All patriarchal systems. The Father is the boss. The Father. So if the Father didn't really do anything, he gave it all to Jesus, and every, Jesus is the King of Kings. I'm not sure who the boss of the King of Kings is, you know. But, uh, and, and King of Kings would be just a pile of bones if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit raising him from the dead and, and say whatever you want about the Father or Jesus, but don't you say anything about the Holy Spirit. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're one, huh? Oh, yeah, how'd that happen? Because of all the love, right? Here you go. This is where this is headed. This is heaven coming to earth. I no longer call you slaves or servants, but I call you friends. Honor takes the, I have all the power, you have no power, out. Now, what I'm not saying is this. There is no leadership in the kingdom. There's no leadership in a culture of honor. I'm not saying that. The person with the most responsibility has the most authority. That's just how things work. Some people are like, well, Danny said there's no... So, well... You're fired. <laughs> Call Danny. Yeah, please don't mishear me. I'm not saying that there's no leadership structure, but I am saying the spirit of every governing structure in heaven is, is 
the opposite of what we build on earth. The apostles and prophets are the foundation, not the roof. I'm just here to create questions. I'm actually here to get you to think about some stuff. Because sometimes we just get, get on autopilot, we just kind of get going, and we just like, you know, like, I don't know why we do that. I don't know what we're doing. Why, are we doing that? why do we look exactly like the world? It's because we didn't actually intend to do something else, and it requires that we change if we're going to do something else. It also means to give prestige, and, and only wealthy or high-ranking officials can give prestige. And, and prestige, it, the essence of prestige is, I welcome you into my experience. I welcome you into, into my resources, my relationships, or my opportunities. I, I welcome you into this. So just imagine if you were to spend a week with your multi-billionaire friend. Okay? Some of you might have to close your eyes. And... <laughs> but you know, what would happen to your lifestyle? You'd get a little bump, wouldn't you? Most of us would get a little bump. Like, wow. Wow, what's this? Oh, we just uh, we, uh, flew that in from Spain this morning. Seriously. <laughs> For breakfast. Oh, yeah, it's our favorite. We do it a few times a week. It's great. Yeah. Hey, I'm wondering if you, uh, would you like to uh, go to our favorite little restaurant in uh, New York tonight? Tonight? Oh, I, I, don't, I didn't get a ticket. I didn't even know. Oh, no, it's all right. We'll take the jet. The jet. We say that all the time at home. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Tiger and Reinhardt are going to be going with us. <laughs> so here's your bump. Here's your prestige. This is your experience of prestige right here. You just got drawn into what they live in. So honor is to draw someone into what you experience. I was in British Columbia, and uh, we, we have a Canadian here? Oh, usually when you say that, oh, Canadian, hi. <laughs> we, we were in, uh, I was doing the conference, and afterwards we, um, we were looking for a place to eat, you know, and it was one of those smaller towns that everything closes at 10 o'clock, you know, it's just dead. And we're driving around, driving around, looking for some food, and there's lights on in this restaurant. And, uh, and we stop, and one of the guys runs in and goes, oh, when do you guys close? And they said, uh, in 10 minutes. He goes, hey, they're open, they're open. <laughs> so we're those people. We went in, and, and we sat down, and here comes this lady. She's about this tall. She's about this big around. Her, her name tag makes her look like a street sign, right? She said, her, her name is Kate. Kate comes over and she sets this stuff down. Here you go. Welcome to Spaghetti Factory. My name is Kate. I'll be your server. I just want you to know that this has been the worst shift of my life. So service is off a little bit. Now you know why. And now I have to work late. 
so she leaves and she comes back and she has this loaf of bread on this board with a knife stuck in it. <laughs> Are we safe here? I don't know if we're safe here. This... So she takes our order, goes around, and she gets to my friend Graham. Now Graham is six foot six. He shaves his head. He has two gold earrings and a beard with no mustache. He looks like an Amish pirate, right? <laughs> and he says, hey, Kate, how you doing? And she just looks at him like he missed the update earlier, right? <laughs> how am I doing? I'm doing terrible. I haven't slept in a month. My back is killing me. It's been the worst shift of my life, and now I have to work late. He goes, well, what's wrong with your back? She says, I have to carry these trays around full of food and dishes. I'm killing my back. He goes, well, can I pray for your back? She goes, sure. (laughs) He goes, I mean, can I put my hand on your back? She goes, okay. So she turns around, and she backs up to his hand. (laughs) So Graham is... He's releasing the kingdom now, man. He is like, in the name of Jesus, command the spine to light up the muscles to relax pain. Leave now in Jesus' name. And she's just standing there. He goes, can you feel anything? She goes, my back's getting hot. And I'm thinking, that's because Graham's hand's the size of a catcher's mitt, you know? And he says, well, try something that you couldn't do before. So she's like. (laughs) And she reaches down, touches the ground, stands back up. I'm not going to lie. Feels way better. (laughs) So it's like way better. Like how much better? Like what percent? She goes, 100%. (laughs) 100%. Whoa. So we're high-fiving each other. Come on, Jesus. Now, pretty soon, Kate's got a little bounce in her step. She's bringing our food. <laughs> and it comes time to pay the bill. And, you know, at, at, I, I love, love, love to bless a server, right? So I just give her a 100% tip. And, and, and she, you know, she scoops it out. She goes, thanks. And you always tell when they sneak a look, you know. She's she turns around. She comes back. She goes, I'm looking in her face. She goes, excuse me. Did you mean to do this? I said, do what? Heal your back? <laughs> no, well, my, no, no, the money. Did you mean to do the money? I said, oh, Kate, freely I receive. Freely I want to give. I want to be sure you get lots of that. She's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, you don't know what this means. You, you don't understand what this means. This is, this is like the best shift of my life. And then one by one, each person at the table begins to prophesy over her. And this one guy says, uh, Kate, doesn't matter if you're in the west or the east, the eyes of the Lord are on you. You're safe no matter where you go. He's protecting you everywhere you go. And she goes, how did you know that? <laughs> and we're all looking at each other like, that was kind of general. Wasn't that kind of general? <laughs> Like no, no phone numbers, no addresses, you know. Said no what? 
says, how did you know that next month I moved to the east coast of Canada to go to university and I'm scared out of my mind? How did you know that? Well, we didn't know that. (laughs) But Jesus knows that. And he just wants you to know how much he loves you. Oh my gosh. Who are you people? Okay, we're just people who love Jesus, and we want to make sure that you understand how much he loves you. <laughs> I'm going to go in the back and ball, and off she goes, right? So the next morning, I'm sharing this testimony at the conference, and a group of people have now decided to go to the spaghetti factory for lunch. <laughs> they, get to, they get to the spaghetti factory, and they, they're standing in the line, and they say, hey, uh, put, her in, put her in Kate section. Here comes this gal about this tall, about this big around. Kate. <laughs> she comes to the table. She said, welcome to Spaghetti Factory, you know. And this guy sitting there goes, how's your back? <laughs> she says, well, my back feels amazing. I, I slept like a baby last night. I, I I, these people came in and this guy puts his hand on my back and said something to Jesus. I don't know what he said. <laughs> I called my mom. I told my mom, I said, this is what happened. I said, Kate, it sounds like God is looking for you. She goes, how'd you know about my back? And we just heard the story. Like, oh. So she takes their order and she brings her food and brings the bill. And now this group has decided to try and beat my tip. So she comes back, and there, this is this pile of money on the bill. She pulls it out, and she goes, oh, this is way too much money. And they go, oh, we know. <laughs> and she has scooped up this thing of cash, this armload of cash, and pretty soon they start prophesying over her. Tears are streaming down her face. She's got an armload of cash. And she says, who are you people? See, when we walk around with our honor on, we honor all people regardless of the shift they're having or the mode they're in or what they believe to be true. It leaves a mark. I've never met anybody like you before. I don't even know what to do with what I just experienced. And honor also means to have great admiration and respect, respect for somebody. And that's, you know, that's what we were given to Reinhardt earlier. It, is, it, was, it was honor. I was just messing with you a little bit. But um, hiding in the word admiration in the English word is, is uh, the word wonderment or wonder. And so I'm looking for the wonder. I'm looking, you know, I, I'm looking at you with wonder. And I don't mean like, you know, yeah, I've been wondering about that guy too. Not, not, that, not that kind of wonder, but like, like the awe of God. Like what is so amazing about you? Uh, one of our students uh, in the school ministry, she works with me now, Allison Armadina. She, uh, way back, she said one time, she said, I love to write down and memorize the prophetic words other people get. You memorize other people's prophetic words. <laughs> Why would you do that? She goes, then I know how to treat them according to how heaven sees them. 
Oh, yeah, I do that too. Yeah. <laughs> See, classically, as we walk together in community, what happens is I know you according to your past. And then I treat you in the future according to what I've experienced with you in the past. But in a culture of honor, I'm actually partnering with heaven. I'm partnering with heaven as, as your unfolding destiny is happening. I am calling out what has not yet happened as an act of admiration, as an act of looking for what is amazing about you. And so this is the prophetic culture that we create around us. So we begin to ask ourselves, you know, well, how in the world do we get anything done in this so-called new government of love where everybody's just loving each other and the yellow trucks have died? (laughs) Well, the only way it really works is if we understand healthy relationships, which is where I come in. This is what I do. This is my love, my passion. This is the part that I would bring to bring in heaven to earth is how in the world are we going to keep our love on? How in the world am I going to be able to disagree with you 100% and protect our connection? How are we going to be able to communicate through where anxiety classically is just off the hook? It's because I understand something about you in that disagreement. I understand something about you in this disconnection. I understand I'm not looking for me to honor me. I'm looking for Jesus. One time, Chris and Bill and I were sitting around and we were filming this thing called Foundations of Honor. And uh, I said, Bill, what would be a quick definition for, for honor? He said, oh, that's when I treat you as I would treat Jesus. Like We have been together for 40 years, and you come up with that now? (laughs) I do all things as unto the Lord. I begin to to actually, I treat you in the midst of our conflict. I I treat you in 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 this failure the way I would treat Jesus. That way, you get to stay powerful no matter what happens. I don't have permission to disempower, to dishonor, to invalidate anyone. I don't give myself permission to turn my love off, to turn my honor off, because I don't have permission. I'm going to show you probably the best illustration that I have of this bond between powerful beings running together. This is a a clip from uh, Stacy Westfall is doing uh, something called reining, which is basically training horses to, she's riding this horse, doing these tricks, doing all kinds of stuff. But the thing to realize is she has no... External governance. There's no bit. There's no bridle. There's no reins. There's no saddle. She is just 
running this horse, doing these things, simply with voice commands and relationship connection. This will be draw three, exhibitor number 3353, Wizards Baby Doll, owned by Greg Gessner of Strasburg, Ohio. Stacy Westfall will be riding. Stacy Westfall and Wizards Baby Doll. Stacy would like to dedicate this ride to her dad, who went to live in heaven just 24 days ago. Sure. You ready? Please stay tuned. <laughs> the sound guys love to be famous. They just love it, love it, love it. This will be draw three. Yay! Three fifty-three wizards, baby doll, owned by Greg Gessner of Strasburg, Ohio. Stacy Westfall will be riding. You can turn that down a little bit. It's going to get loud. Stacy would like to dedicate this ride to her dad, who went to live in heaven just twenty-four days ago. Thanks for teaching me to keep trying new things. Stacy Westfall. He said I was in my early forties with a lot of life before me, and a moment came that stopped me on a dime. I spent most of the next days looking at the X-rays. Talking about the auctions and talking about sweet time. I asked him when it sank in that this might really be the real end. How's it get you when you get that kind of news? Man, what you do?
Thank you very much. <laughs> if Stacy wants that much freedom for her horse, if she has that much honor for that horse to be powerful in their relationship, how much more have you and I been invited into being powerful with the one who's willing to die for us and then fill us with a spirit of power? See, the culture of honor is, is nothing less than two powerful people in a relationship willing and able to meet the needs of each other and the needs of the situation. So whether that's friends, spouses, parent and child, leaders and followers, or just people who disagree. A culture of honor is where I realize that honor is not something that I'm trying to get. It's what I'm willing to give all people, all the time. So you can see where the adjustment's happening. It, it, it starts on Facebook. It starts where I'm absolutely unaccountable. And no one can punish me for punishing them for being wrong for not being me any place where I'm free 
And usually it's right here. This is, this is where it usually starts. But it comes out of my mouth. It comes out of my actions. It forms my habits. That's what becomes my character. And now I'm just practicing dishonor while I preach about love. While I display signs and wonders and lead people to Jesus. But nobody's going to mistake me for Jesus. See, we're actually, the signature on us as a community is our great love for each other. That, that's what gives it away. That's, that's what gives it away to the whole planet, that we belong to Jesus. is because we honor and love each other so differently. Which you would never see on social media. You would never guess that those people belong to Jesus. And so here's the adjustment. Here's the, we stand in worship and we, and we say, transform me, Lord. This is where it happens. And the people closest to us are the ones that testify of that transformation the the fastest. Not somebody who bought my video. Wow, that guy's amazing. No, you have to ask my wife. You have to to ask my kids. My My dog. Ask my dog. Is that a culture of honor here? All right, let's all stand together. I'm not really sure where to go with all that. I just, I, I just really wanted to um, lay the foundation of, of this idea of honor. And, and realize that the invitation is, is that you know, no longer are we slaves or servants, but we're actually friends. We're friends with the most powerful guy you can think of. And, and he says, come, be powerful with me. What do you want to do? Tell me what you need. You can do great things. As a matter of fact, you can do greater things than I did. You just got to love those people. You just got to love those wrong people. You got to love those people that are so wrong. They are so wrong. You are so right. And you got to love them. You gotta, you gotta learn how to build a connection and protect that connection. Start, start right here. I wish I, had, I wish I had so much time to teach you all this stuff. We have so many things we should talk about. But at least you have a bunch of questions, which was my goal with one meeting. 
So just put your hand on your heart. Holy Spirit, please come. You are the, the counselor. You are the teacher. You are the guide here. So everyone in this room is in a different spot, and I realize that. So Lord, I ask you to just come and highlight the area in our heart that you want to touch, that you want to, you want to heal. But we know that the issues of our lives are, are flowing out of what we believe to be true of what we've experienced, of uh, what we've grabbed onto. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just expose any lie that we might be, be believing right now about honor, about love, about authority. Lord, right now I, I can feel if people in this room, you just, you just need to forgive authority figures in your life whether they're parents or pastors or bosses, even spouses. So let's just do that together. Everybody just repeat after me. In the name of Jesus, I forgive. I just put that person's name on your lips real quietly you don't have to shout it from the rooftop here especially if they're standing next to you but just you know like just I forgive the way you forgave me that was a repeat part the way you forgave me I release them from my judgments from my punishments I am no one's judge I am no one's punishment. Holy Spirit, please teach me and guide me how to keep my love on in this relationship. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Father, I pray that even as we sleep tonight that you would heal our hearts and, Lord, that we would wake up to a miracle in some cases where we didn't think we could love. For your glory, in Jesus' name. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950640, Lake Mary, Florida 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life everywhere.